0: Today, as I said, we're kicking off a new series about making some noise. In our world, we make noise for the things that we are excited about. I was at a hockey game a few weeks ago, and on the big jumbotron, it said, Make some noise. And of course, the whole crowd erupted. And we were all making noise. Um, it wasn't the noise that they were asking us to make, but that was a different story. We were yelling at the refs. But um, <laughs> we were making noise, right? Something we're excited about. Um, I, I think of another thing that I hear a lot of noise about. Um, I don't know if you are in contact with a lot of young, uh, well, not all, not only young, but I'm just, like teenage girls um, and also young adult women. Um, I hear a lot of noise about someone named Taylor Swift you've ever heard about her, she is currently, um, well, she's taking a break right now from her tour, her Eras tour, and uh, over 4 million people have estimated to be going to her concert in this, just this tour. I mean, you only need to say, like, maybe even just Taylor, and they will just tell you about their friendship bracelets, about the outfits they're wearing, all of that. They make a lot of noise about something they're excited about. We are trained to be a, make noise and get excited about things that bring us happiness. And often, those things only fulfill us for a moment. Maybe it's an amazing night at, at a concert or something, but the next day, it no longer fulfills us. Maybe we can look at pictures, but it still doesn't give us that same effect. And why is that? It's because those things are temporary. And today, we start a series of making noise about something that is eternal. We get to make noise about King Jesus. I'm so excited for us today. I don't know if you grew up celebrating Advent, um, but I did not And so I decided to investigate a little bit about what is Advent all about. The history of Advent goes this way, and I'm sure there are some in here who will probably be able to correct me later. Um, But from what I saw, the first mentions of Advent were in um, 380, and it was actually in response to a heresy that was going on that they decided to celebrate Advent. But the one that really caught my attention was in 567, there were monks who were required to fast all of December until Christmas. I think we probably do the opposite of how we celebrate Christmas um, and Advent. But I just thought that was very interesting. Advent has historically been twofold. Um, We celebrate Advent as we remember the long-expected Messiah who was coming to earth as a baby. But we also celebrate that our king will return. Often we only focus on the first part about Jesus coming as a baby and being born. While it's absolutely true and it's so exciting and it's amazing, we also are awaiting our king to return in all of his power to bring us to himself. I heard a devotional this week from Pastor Brian. He shared it with us staff, and it said this about Advent. We wait like a people who know that God is not done with his people yet. This is what Advent is all about, waiting and knowing that our God isn't done yet. And with this in mind, I have bad news for you, and I have good news for you today. But I don't want to speak my own words I would love for us to turn to our passage to hear that good and bad news from Jesus himself. And as we step into today's story, we're stepping in a very interesting place. Jesus and his disciples are walking around, and his disciples are kind of on an architectural tour of sorts. They are admiring the temple and its beauty. And then Jesus turns the conversation 180. His disciples were like, look at this beautiful temple. And Jesus says, it's not going to last. It's going to be destroyed. And his disciples were like, what in the world? And I don't know if they uh, were a little confused at that moment and wanted to ask him, but four of them later on, maybe the braver ones, took him aside and said, Jesus, what are you talking about? And as they sit on the Mount of Olives overlooking the city of Jerusalem, they insist that they want to hear from Jesus, what is to come? Maybe they were hoping Jesus would tell them his big battle plan about how they were going to take over the Romans who were occupying Jerusalem. Instead, Jesus tells them, "If you hear of war- wars, if you hear a rumor of wars, don't be surprised. Don't be afraid. It's just the beginning. Our world is broken, earthquakes, famines, they're all to be expected. Our world is so broken, and yet we know that there is hope. Jesus then turns to his close disciples and tells them that even they will be arrested. They will be asked to speak to nations about him, but not to worry. The Holy Spirit will speak on their behalf but not even to be surprised if their own families turn on them because of their faith in Jesus. And he tells them, don't worry, because he who survives will be saved. And on that note, let's turn to Mark 13, 24 through 27. And it says this, but in those days... Following that distress, after all of what Jesus was saying was going to happen, he says this, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels to gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Jesus goes on to tell a story of a fig tree, something that his readers, the people listening, would be very familiar with. They would understand what it meant to see this happening with a fig tree and this happening. And it made me think, because Jesus was always saying, okay, what is, what is familiar with the people we're talking with? How can I bring an illustration made me think of something in Alaska, and I want to share it with you. Uh, When I lived in Alaska, there was the most beautiful flower, in my opinion, called fireweed. If you've never seen fireweed, it's just gorgeous. And fireweed season is the best ever. But there's something special about these these flowers. You see, if you see this flower there are still little flowers, the buds above it, that haven't bloomed. You know what that means? That means we have more summer. There's still more summer going to be had in Alaska. (laughs) It's, It's a little different summer than here, 60s, 50s. But that means summer's still here. But when all of those flowers blossom, that's when you know summer's over. And winter or fall, whatever you would consider it, is next. Like, quite literally, next. We might have snow next. And that was something that in Alaska we knew, okay, the time's changing. It's going to be a different season. I asked a bunch of women that we have a book study together. I said, what is the equivalent for California? And after about 10 minutes of talking, they decided that there wasn't any. So I'm, (laughs) but it was interesting because I shared with them, I said, I, and maybe some of you have the same experiences like you grew up in other places and I remember as a little kid getting so excited when I would see tulips like a little bit of a tulip leaf coming out of the snow and the hyacinth and I thought spring is coming and it was so exciting in Chicago uh, where it's also super freezing Um, so but that was what Jesus was saying he said there's there's going to be signs Look for the signs is what he was sharing about the fig tree. Um, But let's go on and finish off our passage today. We're going to be looking at verse 32 in chapter 13 again. It says this, But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house, puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned tasks, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I want to say to everyone, watch. This is the word of the Lord, friends. Is your head spinning yet? I'm sure the disciples, when they heard all of this that Jesus said, they were very curious what he meant. But only time would tell for them. Jesus' predictions would come true specifically about the temple 40 years later as the readers of Mark would probably be nodding along as they were reading this and thinking, well, Jesus was right. They were all watching a general, Titus, lead a siege on Jerusalem. Readers of Mark probably were watching or were about to watch Jesus' words come true as the temple would go up in flames, and their beloved city was destroyed by the Romans. But Jesus didn't try to sugarcoat what was happening next. He didn't try to make it less scary. He said chaos and conflict will always be a part of our world. Have you ever just sat and mourned? Maybe you've mourned aggressively and there was ugly crying, as people say. I think crying is good, just so we know. But grief is something we feel when we lose someone we love. Someone we cared about. Grief that of what we've left behind. Grief of the loneliness of the place that we believed would heal us. And now it just feels we feel so lost. Life is so frustrating. This past fall in our youth group we walked through a series called Calm in the Storm. And it's the idea that every one of us, no matter what age we are, We experience storms in our lives. And what does it mean to have peace in the middle of a storm? I've heard it said that you're either about to go through something really, really hard, you're in the middle of something really, really hard, or you just got out of something really hard. We're all in one of those places. Hardship, conflict, chaos is a part of our world, and we all are affected by it. If I could ever write a book, maybe one day, it would be titled this, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, a memoir about grief, depression, and disappointment. And I can't be the only one. We all have shattered dreams in our lives. Maybe you wanted children of your own, but you never found the right person. Or you did, but they left too soon. You had children that you dearly love, and they turned their back on God. We can all look at our lives and realize the ways that it doesn't match up with what we thought we would be like. And it's not just us adults. Our youth also, I think that they walk through some really, really hard things. Harder things than maybe I even experienced at their age. And it's heartbreaking. Grief, loneliness, disappointment are all a part of our world at any age we're at. Brothers and sisters, I mourn with you. And I cry with you. And I want you to know that we know that every one of us, we fight battles in our minds and hearts. And on top of all of that that I just talked about, which just feels so heavy, we just have to glance at the news headlines and our hearts break, right? Why is pain and chaos, why does it have to be a part of our world? Jesus tells his disciples and us today that the worst is yet to come. Each generation probably says, oh, you know, I think this is it. This is the worst, Jesus is coming, and yet he hasn't. And we continue to think that our generation is the worst. But Jesus is telling us the worst is yet to come. Along with his disciples, as they look to the future, he said the moon will darken, The the sun will darken, the moon will not give light, the stars will fall, the heavenly bodies. The worst is yet to come. And as a church, it's not a comfortable place to be waiting. I mean, what? The worst is yet to come? It's already difficult to wait. Some of us may even be tired or emotionally drained um, from waiting. And thinking there's no hope and we've just given up. I remember as a high schooler in Ohio, my sister and I would walk to the bus stop and we'd pick up this bus that would take us to school. Um, We had to be out there by 6.50 in the morning. Our school started at 7.20, so 6.50, we had to walk out there, rain, cold, whatever it was, we were out there waiting for our bus. And one time, we were waiting for our bus, and I looked at her and I was like, it's not coming. Like, I have she kept looking at her cell phone, which really all it did then was tell time. (laughs) That was really all it was. Um, And she's like, the bus isn't coming. And we waited there for so long. And finally, defeated, we walked back to her house and knocked on the door and said, Mom, Dad, we don't know what happened. The bus never came. And our parents were upset with us that we'd missed the bus. Um, But it didn't come that day. We later found out the Road was closed down because of a SWAT team that was in, a, in a, um, one of the homes there. But the point is that sometimes we can feel like we're that. We're that person waiting for a bus, and it's never coming. Like Jesus is never coming. This is never going to end. We can just feel like there isn't hope in the world. But that's when Jesus tells us there's also good news. And the good news is the best is yet to come. It's not just a slogan to help us get through hard days. It's the hope that Jesus brings to our lives. Jesus tells them um, that he will be coming in power and that his angels will gather everyone from the ends of the earth. Finally, the victory we've all looked for. We will get to see the full extent of the victory of Jesus that he already won on the cross. Jesus promises that though we live in a world full of chaos, he brings salvation, comfort, and victory to his people. As people of Jesus, we don't have to stop at the bad news. We can look forward to the good news. He's coming, and soon. We live in this weird time in the middle of Advent. I mean, it's, Advent is all the time. In this time in between... We live in between the first coming of Jesus as a baby and the second coming of Jesus as a judge and king. We are in this tension of now and not yet. We can also take comfort in the verses that Connor read for us. I just love those verses. Um, The Apostle Paul is writing to a church in Corinth. They're the center of Greek commerce in in that part of the world, and Paul wrote to them, this letter specifically to deal with issues in the church, um, but he starts with his encouragement, and I just love it. He he's so thankful for this church, and he says to them something I often repeat to myself when I find myself giving up. He says this: He will always, he will also keep you firm to the end. God is faithful. There is a blessing to being in this in-between time. We know that God came through in the first advent when Jesus was born, as he lived his life, as he died, as he rose from the dead. So we know for sure that God will come through in the second advent as we see Jesus coming and returning. Our God is faithful. Jesus commanded his disciples and us today to be alive, awake, and alert. I've, I've been asked that actually multiple times this morning, if I am alive, awake, and alert. <laughs> but what does this mean? What does it mean, right? So alive, Jesus is telling his disciples to be on guard. The word used here is the idea of sight, keeping our eyes open, looking, seeing, and then he goes on to say, You need to be awake. And it's funny because our Bible translates it to awake, but the truth is that it's actually the word for alert. Um, and it's, it's the idea of don't be snoozing. Don't be snoozing on Jesus' return. And, and how interesting that he uses this as he's talking with the people who would soon be snoozing on his own betrayal. Don't be snoozing, he says. And and he tells them to be alert in verse 34, to keep watch. The Greek word for this tells us to be alert, to be vigilant. So what could that look like for us today? Alive. What could that mean to keep our eyes open? Are we looking to see what God is up to? God is always up to something. But are we looking? Are we taking time in our busy lives to stop and to look? What is God doing, and how can we join him? Awake. For us, for some of us, it might be literally not hitting the snooze button on your alarm clock or your phone. But it's more than that. What it means is not numbing ourselves. I, for one, am... often guilty of this, of, of scrolling on my phone or watching TV, or when I've had an especially bad day. I just literally take a nap because that's all I can do to survive in that moment. But Jesus is saying, how can we be present in our lives and present to others? The last thing that he says is to be alert. What would it mean for us to be vigilant? I recently joined a neighborhood watch app. If you have ever been on one of those, they're interesting. But it made me realize all of the things that were happening around me that I wasn't aware of. Along with opening our eyes, staying awake, Jesus calls us to be aware of what is happening around us. To look for signs of his return. Not to predict when he's coming but to remind ourselves of the hope of his return as it nears. You see, friends, the worst is yet to come, and the best is yet to come. Friends, we all fight battles, as I mentioned. We live in a world full of pain and chaos, but it does not have the final say in our lives. We will not be people who are defeated because we know the end, We know that victory belongs to Jesus, and today we can have that victory. And that, my friends, is worth making some noise about. Would you pray with me? God, we are so grateful that we are not in a world that you did not predict, that you know exactly what we're going through, and you love us, and you are with us. We are not alone. God, we we live in a broken world and, and we are broken people. And sometimes it can feel so overwhelming and we can feel alone. But let us take hope that you are a faithful God. You came through and you gave us Jesus as our Savior to die on the cross for our sins, to be risen again so that death does not have the final say in our lives. So, Lord Jesus, would you continue to give us hope in the days that feel so dark at times, that you will return, that you have given us victory. It might be victory tomorrow. It might be victory in a few weeks or it might be a victory in the end when we are with you. But there is always hope, and we thank you for that. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.